Hey friend, thanks for checking out the Crosspoint Church podcast. It's our hope that these messages will encourage you to grow and thrive in your relationship with Christ. You can find more like this at thecrosspoint.com. Good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome to you. So glad that you're with us. And uh, those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us. If you can't be here live, I'm glad you're live wherever you are. And uh, we're going to get around God's Word in just a moment. Uh, But before I jump in, I just want to uh, mention a couple things that this time of year is so important. And that is that we need your help as we finish 2023 and head into 2024. So what happens in your life also happens in our lives as a church that we depend on what comes in in December uh, to really do what we do. So about 20% of our budget comes in in December. That's a lot. And so we're counting on you, praying that you will be generous this season. If you're visiting with us, no, I don't talk about this every week, but sincerely, we do need your help, and we hope that you will be generous on the 16th and 17th. We're receiving a special offering the end of the year, as we do every year, and uh, counting on you, even if you're watching from online from a different state, and we're helping you, would you help us? So there are missionaries and children who are counting on us, 110 orphans in India, that we are their sole source of income. So that means that because you give faithfully, that that helps us as a a community of faith to be generous to them. So um, I'm hoping that you will be generous and that you will find ways to give not only with the coats in the lobby and, and all those things, but also just good old money. We still receive cash and checks here. So uh, my wife and I, we, um, this is what we do every month. We, out of our income, this is like the first thing we do, we, we give what, uh, a portion of what God has given to us, we give it back. So we, we believe in, in giving. I'd like to, head to the scriptures this morning in Hebrews chapter one, and we are in the series that we're calling, Do You Hear What I Hear? So I wanna read a, a few verses, and then we will, we will talk about it. Um, Hebrews chapter one, if you will just join me there in God's word as we read together. Verse one, long ago at many times, Sounds interesting, doesn't it? Long ago at many times. And in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is God's word. So I was thinking about, do you hear what I hear? My mind went back to 
a few years ago when my wife and I found out that Brian Adams was singing in Chicago. So you guys know that I'm a little bit of a fan of Brian Adams. In heaven, I'm going to sing like him. Uh, so some of you don't even know who he is and you don't care. But, you know, it's like Brian Adams sings a lot of those love songs that were popular, at least when we were dating, like, everything I do, I do it for you. Oh, yes. Take me there, Brian. So... We heard that he was doing this bare bones tour with just his guitar and a piano. So I, I bought the tickets, we drove to Chicago, got the hotel, went through all the rigmarole to, to make sure we had decent seats. And so we get there, I'm like, come on, bring it, take me home, Brian. And you know, the first song kicks off and then this lady next to me, sort of half drunk, starts singing along loudly. And yeah, and, and I just didn't have the courage to say to her, look, I paid to hear Brian, not you. <laughs> so, so I, but I just put up with it because I'm like, oh, okay, she's trying to enjoy herself. But I was never so happy when they didn't come back after intermission. It's like, <laughs> wherever they were going, they went. And so I got to hear just Brian. You know, it costs something to really hear what you want to hear. We call it paying attention because it costs us. And even if, you, even if you're not intentionally listening, you're hearing. Right now, you might have earbuds in or you might be tuning me out, but you're listening to something, even if it's your, your own thoughts. We're surrounded by noise, music and elevators, your phone, even if you mute it, it's still ding, ding, ding. And when it's on, when it's on mute, you're still hearing the vibration, and you're driving down the road, it's like, I don't want to, I'm just ignoring it, I'm driving, I'm going to be a good driver, 10 and 2, but that phone is beckoning for you, this is important, yeah, and I'm then on your phone, social media, like some of y'all, you post everything, I'm sorry, I mute you, and because it's like, I don't want to know what you have for breakfast, you know? but we get all those voices in our life. And so we try to turn down the noise sometimes to make space. Like my wife and I, we have this conversation about commercials. I turn down the commercials. I mute them. Come on, saints. How many of you are with me? My wife says, no, I like the commercials. I used to be in that work. I, I think they're creative. How many of you are with my wife? Some of y'all voted twice. I see you. You're just like, I can't let Becky down. But I don't have headspace for that. It's like I can only watch the Chiefs. And I can't be diverted, you know? That's the way. If I'm watching the football game, I want to focus. So in, the, in a similar way, we're faced with this as we come into Christmas, as you saw in, 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 the, in what the team did as we entered into the season and talking about the noise and do, are we making room as we sang about for Jesus? To, to listen, to hear what we need to hear, uh, because Christmas is not optional for Christians. We're, we, I, don't mean the, I don't mean the trees and the lights and all that, and I know people get amped up about, it's not really December 25th, it's, I know, but it's a day that we've chosen, a time of year to say, and we call it Advent, because Advent means the preparation of someone important coming. 
So we prepare our hearts. That's, the, that's what we're trying to do. How do we do that mentally? How do we make a space for Jesus to speak to us? Now, Jesus often, when he was in the world and he would tell a parable, he would say, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said, that's strange. Everybody's got ears. But even hearing impaired people listen in a different way. Everyone is listening. And and we we can hear the scriptures. We can go through this season and not hear Jesus. So this, these words are meant to help us. Now these early Christians, about 30 years after the time of the resurrection, are written to on purpose to tell them about what God has said. Did you catch it? He says, God spoke in the past to our fathers by the prophets. But now, in the last days, he has spoken to us through his son. So he begins to tell us and tell them what we need to listen to is here's, here's the deal. Here, here's what was happening to these first early Christians is that these Jews who had come into faith and started believing in Jesus, there were other people from the world who were Gentiles, pagans. They come in and start loving Jesus and some of the customs and realities of the Old Testament, they started just focusing on Jesus, which is what he wanted us to do. But then these Judaizers, the real like cream de la cream Jews, they were saying, hey, you guys are selling out. You're not legit. So the writer says, hey, I I want you to focus on the right things. So the purpose of this letter as we go through these next few weeks is about drifting, not to prophets, but drifting to Jesus and not drifting from Jesus. God has spoken. He is not silent. What does this matter if you're looking in on Christianity? Not if you're not, maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you're not sure about Jesus. You think, what does this have to do with Christmas? It has a lot to do with it because God has spoken. So if you pick up the Bible, you start reading Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and you read about lambs and goats and all this, you think, what does this have to do with anything? I can't believe this. Well, let me help you, friends, because when you read that, that was not written to you. It was written for you, but the Old Testament was not written to you or to me. He says, this this was written and said to our fathers by the prophets, but now God has spoken in Jesus. So we believe in the Old Testament, we'll keep teaching it, but we're gonna teach it through the lens of Jesus Christ because it says here, God has spoken to us. So his message to you is Jesus, and Jesus is better than the prophets. That's kind of my premise today. Jesus is better than the prophets because he, has the, he is the final revelation from God. That he, I know some of you are going, oh man, this feels like classroom. Hey, just hang with me for a few minutes, okay? Because we're going we're gonna to outline what we're going to be talking about. So these Hebrews were drifting. It says in chapter 2, verse 1, therefore we must pay, there's that word, pay much closer attention. Pay attention to what? 
to what we have heard. So he's, he's going to say, hey, I've, we've taught you about Jesus. Don't drift. Don't drift away. And the thing is about drifting, you don't intend on drifting. You just drift. It's like you're driving down the road and suddenly you hear thump, 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 thump. What's it telling you? You're drifting. Or like we were on vacation on Kentucky Lake. We've got a little boat and I tied it up and early one morning at our little Airbnb, we heard this knock at the door. I go out and say, hey, is that your boat out there in the middle of the lake? I'm going, I look out there. There's my boat out there bouncing on the waves in the middle of the lake. I go, yeah, it is. So they put me on their two-man kayak and we're paddling out there. It's like, you know, it's like small talk, but it's just really awkward. I just feel like my dad would be so disappointed in my Boy Scout knots. It's like, really, that's the best you can do? That in the night, those knots came loose and the boat drifts away. So I'm just, you know, tuck head out. You know, I go, I really do know how to tie knots. And he goes, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, get in the boat and bring it back. That's drifting. That's what drifting looks like. You don't intend on it happening. You just wake up one day and just go, how did I get here? And it can happen in faith. And so that's the message of Hebrews. Don't drift. You could sum up the whole letter with those two words. Don't drift. Well, drift from what? They were being caused, they were being called to drift back to the Old Testament prophets. Hey, you guys need to get back to Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah. And the writers say, no, Jesus is the final revelation of what all the prophets were speaking of. These are the last days. Some of us get caught up in, when are the last days? When is Jesus coming back? And we're all looking forward to his coming. But he says here, the last days began when Jesus rose from the dead. In the course of human history, all that the prophets had said were pointing to this event, this time we're living in. Now, I don't know if we're in the last of the last days, but we're in the last days. God has spoken, but what are we drifting toward? I don't think we're, our tendency is not to drift back to the Old Testament. It's probably the opposite. Many people are saying, you know, forget the Old Testament. What do we drift to? We drift to modern day prophets. They're, they don't call themselves prophets, but they are. They have something to say about life and God, who God is, and how you should think about life. So hang with me. I'm not going to pick on anybody, but I just want to point out the obvious. Alan Frau, my friend, he says, he says, we're not in danger of drifting from Jesus to Judaism. We're in danger of drifting to other voices. So modern day prophets might, let's, let's pick on Joe Rogan for a minute. 15 million subscribers, 15 million people tune into him every day to hear what he thinks about the world and about life. And what would he say God is? Probably tough masculinity. Be tough, man up. Or Oprah, what does she say? You are God. Live your truth. Or every Disney film that's ever been made, overcome the prejudice against you and be your authentic self. Let it go. Let it go. You guys never saw Frozen? Okay. So the first service totally bombed on that. You guys, you guys got it. 
Or Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, what is their message about God? Sexual expression is God. Or Doja Cat. Should be a clue if your last name is Cat. Maybe you're off a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she would say, she says, I, I don't believe in God, I believe in myself. It sounds really good. And, and all of this, I'm not saying it's all evil. I'm saying it's a mixture of truth and untruth. Yeah, you should believe in yourself, but Christianity says don't trust your heart. It's deceitful. Or CNN and Fox, they're going to say politics is God. Put all your trust in the government and get mad if they're not doing what you want them to do. But this, this writer says, rather than subscribe and stream and say, I gotta get up every day and find out what Joe Rogan says about my life, rather I should not drift away from Jesus. God has spoken. So he's greater than any prophet or prophetess who doesn't say I'm a prophet, but that's the way they make the world go around. And this writer says, no, God has spoken. Don't drift. Why should you listen? So I wanna real quickly just, let's talk about Jesus' bio here. So if, if you were gonna subscribe to me, somebody would say, hey, here's my bio, I've written this, I've said that, I travel with this person, and that's why you should listen to me. So this writer says, here's why you should listen to Jesus. He jumps right in. He doesn't say, hey, this is Paul. I've got something I want to share with you. Thankful for your faith in Christ. No, it just jumps right in. Long ago, many times, many places, God spoke to them, but now he has spoken to us. Why should we listen to him? Look at verse three. He, that is Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God. Number one, you should listen to Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God. And some of you go, well, that sounds important. I'm not sure what that means. Glory, we don't use that word except, you know, maybe some lady in my past from one of those churches that gets excited, she says, glory. I don't know what that means, but I think it's important. What is glory? Glory is that, that part of a person that follows them or emanates from them. It's like the difference. I know some of you think you're all that when you tune up the karaoke and you sing whatever you sing. is like in the jungle, the mighty jungle, and you think you're bringing it. But there's a whole other level when Chris Stapleton belts out one of his tunes or Lauren Daigle belts out... Um, you say, <laughs> you say I am loved. It's like, there's a glory on that. What is that? It's like, it's something emanating from that voice. Well, take this to another level. Jesus is the emanation, the radiance of God's glory. Like you look at the sun and you can't, you can't really look at it. It would blind you, but you see these rays coming from the sun. It is not the sun, but it's the emanating reality. This is Jesus, the radiance of God's glory. 
Hear him, listen to him. Not only that, he says, we are not, we are not to listen to him only because he's the radiance of God's glory, but because he is the exact imprint of God. So the, the word here in the Greek, the original language is like a stamp. You stamp the pad, you put it over here, it's exactly like the original. Jesus is the exact imprint of God the Father. So Jesus says in John 14, when you see me, you've seen the Father. I'm not the Father, but I'm just like him. So we say, even, even today, we say like Father, like Son, like Son, like Father. What do we mean? We mean like we see in this boy, this girl, the DNA of their father, their mother. So I was thinking about that, thinking about like the guys on our team, so like Josiah and Jesse, they look so much alike. I mean, look at this. It's like same glasses, same outfit. And then there's Josh Hartman, Pastor Josh and his boy, Caleb. Look at that. They've got their head tilted the same way, same hat on. It's like freaky weird. It's like, Colleen, can you just do a face swap real fast on these two? Yeah. <laughs> now let's give Caleb a little few years and a beard, and it's like, it's the same, it's weird. But if you look, if you look closely or you're around these boys, you see the similarities, but then you also see differences. Oh, I see a little bit of Catherine, Sarah, and Jesse. I see a little bit of Jessica Hartman and Caleb. Okay, take that down, we're being distracted. <laughs> so, because there's a mixture, yeah? The, you see the father, but you also see the mother, not with God not with Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Why should you listen to him? If you wanna know what God has to say about women, about marriage, about racism, about poverty, about riches, listen to Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. He is the imprint, so we should listen to him. He's greater than any prophet. Jesus has spoken. Not only that, he upholds the universe, he says, with the word of his power. So what Jesus said in the beginning as the word, says in the beginning was the word. Those of you who are studying John right now, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. That's Jesus. Jesus in the beginning spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light, and his voice has not died out. He's upholding that. He's sustaining it throughout infinity and beyond until he says, time is no more. He's holding the universe together. It's like earlier when Nick was singing, and he was saying, joy to the world. Sean, why are you singing so much? I don't know, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's like, man, he's holding that note. And you, I know some of y'all, you like sing it and then it's like, that's all I can do. I just hit it and I'm off of it. I can't hold that note. Well, Jesus says, let there be light and he holds it out. He's sustaining it. He's holding the universe together. He's holding Saturn's rings together. He's holding... DNA together. He's holding the molecules of the universe together. So the question is, can he hold us together? Can he hold you? Well, man, he holds Saturn's rings together. 
He can hold you together. So listen to him. Listen to what he says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So what Jesus said when he was here is still, he's still holding that note. He's still holding it together. He can hold us together, so listen to him. Lastly, verse three. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So some of us go, well, that's, that sounds important. I'm not sure what it means. And purity doesn't mean a lot to us in America anymore. We just take it for granted. I mean, the last three years, we've learned about purity. You know, you see a sign that says, this space has been sanitized for your health and safety. So we, we sort of get that a little bit. We've lost touch with the power of purification. So when I, when I moved to St. Louis, I heard about River de Pair. <clears throat> and I thought, oh, it sounds like an important, you know, it's kind of French sounding. It must be an important place to live. Do they have nice houses along River de Pair? Do you fish in it, float in it? But I got the same response that you're giving me right now. You're laughing. You're saying, no, it's really called River de Pew. Because why? It's the runoff. It's the storm sewer system. It's the septic systems all running when they overflow. And it's like the, from the garages, from the uh, empty lots where dead cats are buried. And all of this is like running into River de, Pew, uh, River de Pear. And that flows into the mighty Mississippi. When you drive across the river, you say, look at that mighty river. But it also includes River Depew. That's flowing into it. And that's where we get our drinking water. But something has happened to it. It's purified. So we have great water in St. Louis because it's purified. It's been treated now, Jesus, what he did, he didn't just take a little cup of that. None of us would go down to River to Pier, River to Pier, I can't even say it right now, River to Pew and take a drink and say, I'm just so thirsty. You wouldn't do that. What Jesus did was even more than that. He, he waded into the sewage of humanity. Like C.S. Lewis says, he says, if you want to understand the incarnation, think, it, think about what it would be like to become a worm. God became flesh. And when he stepped into Bethlehem, he stepped into the sewage of humanity to the sins, past, present, and future, to everything that came from our father, Adam, every sin, past, present, and future that we've committed. So not only the big stuff like porn and abuse and all those things that we go, that's just uh, uh, cheating on your spouse, all of that, but even the little things that we say, well, that, I've just got an issue over here. But the issue is prejudice or greed. And, and, and that, the ramifications of that and how that infects humanity and why the world is such a bad place is because of sin. It's because of selfishness that we say, my way or nothing. 
And the, and, the, and the wages of sin is death, but Jesus stepped into that. He didn't just step into that in the incarnation, but he also drank a cup of it. So in the garden, when he prayed, he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. What was in that cup? Everything. All of the sins of mankind. But Jesus was so holy and so pure and so good that when he drank it, it could not overcome his holiness. But rather, his holiness overcame sin. And he offers a way so that we can come before him and we can sit here today and say, I'm forgiven. My past is clean. I'm purified. Now, some of you go, why do you guys get so amped up about the blood of Jesus and washed in the blood of the Lamb? How gross. No, that is our purification. Jesus came and he did it and he purified us. And not only that, it says after he did it, he sat down at the right hand of God. Why? Because the major work was done. So when he said, it is finished, he meant it. The heavy weight of sin, he purified us. Why is this a deal? Here's something I was thinking about this week. You know, our culture says, live your truth, do what you want, but they don't really mean it. Because there is a line you can cross and they will not forgive you. I could, for example, I could say something up here and it would go viral on the web. If I offended right or left or you, it's like you, but I can't believe he said that. And I would never be forgiven because it's out there permanently. You can't retrieve it. And as much as they say, oh, live your truth, they don't mean it. There are some things that are the unpardonable sin according to the world. They'll forgive you of, you know, do whatever you want, but don't you do that. Not so with God. Every sin committed, he can pardon and forgive you completely. So are you listening to him? Or are you listening to the prophets of this world and what they have to say? He is better than Joe Rogan. He's better than Doja Cat. He's better than Lady Gaga. He's better than Oprah, CNN, and Fox. He is greater than any prophet or prophetess. What he says goes. So, why should you listen to this man? Never traveled more than 33 miles from his home. Born in poverty, died like a Roman criminal, never wrote a book. Why should you listen to him? Because he is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by, the, by his word and he made purification for our sins and sat down. That's why you should listen to him. As we go into Advent season and Christmas season, I was thinking about how can we apply this? How can we get ready and not just go, yeah, Christmas, we talk about Jesus, that's what we're supposed to do. 
But even in my heart this week, I was thinking about John 5, 39 and 40. He says, you search the scriptures. He was telling religious people. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. So the prophets, they were, they were reading the prophets, which was good. He said, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. You know, you, I can open the book and I can read the scriptures and not listen to Jesus. So I just heard Jesus say to me, not, not out loud, but says, Sean, are you coming to me? You're reading the Bible, good, but are you coming to me? I wanna invite you over these next 21 days that you would just begin by applying yourself to listen to Jesus. Maybe you would join me in doing this. So this is gonna be in your life group notes, those of you that are meeting tonight, those of you that aren't in a life group. This is a gift you can give to me. I would just thrill to know you're doing this. That you would take a verse a day that Jesus said, his words, read it five times slowly. John seven thirty seven. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Just slowly read it, meditate on it. And then say, okay, Jesus, I'm here, I'm listening. See if he'll speak to you. John eleven twenty eight. 28, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Man, I need that. Jesus, I'm listening. John 15, verse four, verse 11, verse 14, 26, these words of Jesus. He is speaking, are you listening? Do you hear? Do you hear? Do you have ears to hear what Jesus is saying? I pray you do. I pray you listen over these next few days. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your son that you have spoken in Jesus Christ our Lord greater than the prophets. I pray that you help us, help my friends over these next few days, that we would come to you. Not just search the scriptures, but really come. Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. Help us to make room for you, to listen not be distracted by the noise. And Lord, for those who have not come to faith, they've not crossed the line of faith and said, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I pray that that would be their reality in this moment. They would say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. You can check out thecrosspoint.com for more resources like this.